call it call. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 moment, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. My name is Holly Powell, and I'm a layperson and a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan-Hale, and I'm also a layperson, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. Holly, it's been forever. I know! Guess who's back? Back (laughs) again. I mean, it's not like we've really left. You guys have been listening to our interviews for like, I mean, I I know you've all been listening to them over and over again since we left Salt Lake City, but... Yeah, because they're really good. (laughs) We haven't recorded an actual episode like this in a very long time. Yeah, no, we, we, I I don't know if I still know how to do this, Holly. Uh, We, we will work through it together, Brendan. Oh, wow. Will I still remember how to do the patter? (laughs) I don't know. I've, I've heard that podcasting is like riding a bike. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's try this. Okay. This podcast is about the intersection of liturgy and life, as seen through the lens of the collects in the Book of Common Prayer. Now, collect is kind of a funny-sounding word, but actually, it's just another word for prayer. And it's spelled like collect, as in, you might collect laminate flooring from the St. James Collection, including <laughs> Manatee Hills Mahogany, Vintner's Reserve, Oceanside Plank Bamboo, and Sky Lakes Pine. However, I would not recommend collecting these because they contain high levels of toxic formaldehyde and have been recalled. <laughs> oh, it's it's ironic, Brendan, and, and yet not at all ironic that you would bring up St. James, as today's episode is uh, focusing on St. James the Apostle. Total coincidence, Holly. Uh, it is amazing. You <laughs> have really got a gift. Yeah. <laughs> So, St. James the Apostle is one of the Jameses that the James of St. Philip and St. James is not. It's not. Uh, right? So, uh, we, we did discuss that there were other Jameses in that episode, if you want to go back and listen to it. And this is one of the other Jameses. And uh, this year, the Feast of St. James the Apostle is on Saturday, right? July 25th? We will be having a 10 o'clock service at my church. Uh, So any of you in the Indianapolis metro region, uh, you should come. Your church is so (laughs) sainty. You guys always have Saints Day stuff. No, so I have to tell you, uh, this is an an absolutely true story. It is in our rector's contract that all of the red-letter days in the Book of Common Prayer will be observed. Wow. So it doesn't mean, it's not necessarily the case that she has to celebrate the Mass on those days, although Mm -hmm. usually it is her who does it, but the contract requires that she provide It must be done. Yeah. So I I was senior warden when we called her as our priest, and that was uh, one of the interesting demands that came from the vestry. (laughs) That is so awesome. I love it. (laughs) Well... I'm sorry, a little bit of a spoiler alert for you, since you're going to be hearing this if you go on Saturday morning, but um, should we get to the collect? I think we should. This collect is found on page 242 of the Book of Common Prayer. O gracious God, we remember before you today your servant and apostle James, first among the twelve to suffer martyrdom for the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray that you will pour out upon the leaders of your church that spirit of self-denying service by which alone they may have 
excuse me, by which alone they may have true authority among your people. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Obviously, I've forgotten how to pray. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. Jesus loves you anyway. I mean, so I've been told. Yeah. By the Bible. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So this is actually a new prayer or new to the 1979 uh, Book of Common Prayer, which is, you know, almost 40 years old now, but, you know, whatever. Hey! Some of us were also born in 1979 and do not like being (laughs) called almost 40 years old. (laughs) I'm sorry. This is a new prayer. I am a sprightly 36. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yes, a new new prayer. In the Episcopal Church, it is a new prayer, just like Um, I'm still considered a young adult somehow. That's right. (laughs) So, and this prayer was written by the Reverend Dr. Charles M. Gilbert, and we've seen his work before. He also composed uh, the Collect for the Baptism of Our Lord. Okay, I remembered that name. And this prayer is actually really distinct from its predecessor that Thomas Cranmer wrote. The collect that Cranmer came up with emphasizes the calling of James. So it reads, O merciful God, that as thine holy apostle James, leaving his father and all that he had without delay, was obedient unto the calling of thy son Jesus Christ, etc. This one focuses on events after Uh, James was called, notably uh, his martyrdom in the book of Acts, and the incident where the mother of James and his brother John asks that the two of them get privileged seating when Jesus comes into his kingdom. From what I remember, that that little request by moms was not very popular among the rest of the apostles. Uh, Yeah, also not so popular with Jesus. Yeah, well... (laughs) (laughs) who is popular with jesus honestly (laughs) saint james's martyrdom is really given a little bit of short shrift in the gospel or not in the gospel but in acts in that it just says about that time king herod had james the brother of john killed with a sword yeah and (laughs) so you know nothing no fanfare no dramatic act no head on a platter or anything like that yep it was herod in the church with a sword Right. So I I did learn something in EFM last year, which was I was not previously aware that there are multiple Herods running around the New Testament. Uh, This is not the same King Herod who was involved in the slaughter of the holy innocents, although uh, he clearly doesn't really have a problem with senseless violence. Right, right. So let's talk a little bit about the collect itself. Remembering your servant, Apostle James, first among the 12 to be a martyr. And I think, Brendan, you had pointed out in your notes that that doesn't mean that St. James was the first martyr, just that he was the first of the apostles to be a martyr. Right, right. So St. Stephen uh, is the first martyr who is recorded. Uh, But I think the martyrdom of of St. James is pretty important because here is one of the leaders of the church, you know, one of the ones who's been with Jesus from the beginning. And what it's showing here is... Uh, that being high up in the hierarchy does not free you from that possibility of uh, of true self-sacrifice. If the apostles hadn't learned that lesson by Jesus's crucifixion, then then this one certainly uh, probably drove it home. Right, right. So you know when Jesus was saying, "Take up your cross," he 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 really meant it. Yeah, 
And then we go on to say um, that we pray that God will pour out upon the church's leaders a spirit of self-denying service, and it's that spirit that apparently gives them true authority. So what do we think that means? I thought that that was an interesting read on what Jesus says in the gospel passage in Matthew. Jesus uses this episode as a moment to teach all of his disciples what's going on. Because what happens in the story is Jesus says, uh, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the cup that I am about to drink? And James and John says, we are able. You know, of course, they don't really know what Jesus means by this. Right. But then he goes on to say to all of the disciples together after uh, the other 10 get really mad, it will not be so among you but whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave. And one of the things I think is so interesting about this collect is, unlike Cranmer's collect, which is focusing on the call of James and how awesome James is for obeying Jesus right away, this one is actually a little bit more subtle because it doesn't say that James has this self-denying service and that we are to emulate it but it's actually asking that we can learn the same lesson that that jesus taught james yeah no that's exactly right it's not saying that that james showed this it's just yes i am saying the same thing you are saying yeah i find that really confusing to be honest i find that passage confusing because I don't think, I don't like to think of Jesus or God as the kind of people who are keeping score. In that phrasing where it talks about, if you want to be first, you must be last. If you want to be, whoever wishes to be first must be your slave. That makes it almost sound to me like at the end of your life, you're going to get a score. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't, I don't like it. I don't want to get a score. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll be honest, I don't I don't know what I believe about that. And sometimes I'm not sure that uh, the New Testament really totally knows what it believes about that. I think you're right. And and I also get what Jesus is saying that we in the church tend to espouse this whole idea of servant leadership. Let's, you know, you hear that batted about much like missional and nimble and all those other words. And I think that's right, and I also don't know exactly what it means. So, can I take a stab at it? Sure! I don't know if you know this about me. Um, Maybe (gasps) you've observed it, or... Brendan's secrets! (laughs) (laughs) A A while back, we did this kind of personality profiling at work. It was sort of to inform the way that we all worked together, and uh, so that we could understand how people prefer to communicate and all this kind of stuff. For, for those who are interested in this kind of thing, it's a disc profile. Oh, I love the disc profile! So... <laughs> Sorry. Oh, uh, sorry for the screaming. Yeah. I'll tell you more later. Go on. Okay, so let me tell you three things about my disc profile. Okay. First, the, this profile spits out a bit of narrative about you, and the very first sentence of mine reads... Brendan likes his safety equipment to be in good working order. (laughs) I mean, I completely believe that about you, Brendan. (laughs) 
And then there's another one when it's talking about how best to communicate with me. One of the pieces of advice it gives folks is always stand at least three feet away from Brendan. (laughs) And the last one, (laughs) it's totally true. Um, And the, the last one is that there, it was observing that I can have a low trust level of others. Mm-hmm. You know, at first I, I read that and it took me a while to, to come to make peace with it. But I read that and I was like, I, I don't have a low trust level of others. But then one, one thing I, I realized over time as I kind of observed myself is that I have a really bad habit of not delegating work not only could be done by others but that others want to do Uh Uh, so on the team that i I work on there there are people who are hungry to do some of the the kind of work that i'm doing uh, but that i have been guilty of hanging on to it because because i'm like i know how to do this and if it's going to be done well then i need to do it And so there's this kind of letting go process that I've realized and I have to check myself and be really conscious of it to help share that because it makes us a better team. It makes me a better leader on my team because I am giving other folks on my team a chance to shine. And I think that might be an example of what it looks like, but it doesn't come easily to me. And to make it super real, and I, I hope I don't offend you with this, but like, I was a little nervous at General Convention when I sent you off to do interviews. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, what's she going to do? And I've been doing a podcast with you for a year and your interviews <laughs> were great. But I was like, my, my internal like low trust thing is like, you know, it just flashes on involuntarily. And anyway, so That's, I... You know, you know, that I, actually is one reason why we work so well together, because I also have an inherently low trust level of myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I pretty much believe that most people could do things better than me so it just works really well no but you you're okay so two things one i believe our listener marlena maynard called uh you out on twitter sure and did. said that that you need to uh be more assured of the good work that you do and i'm on marlena's side yes uh, because thank you uh, because I just going back to the interviews your interviews were super awesome um and and i'm Anyway, and I, 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 I feel bad for, like, the secret thoughts of my heart that were like, can Holly really do this? Oh, <laughs> oh repentance is a beautiful thing. Yeah, so I, I, I'm making a retraction of my distrust. Oh. Retraction, retraction, a colleague call retraction, the web demand satisfaction. It's time for another retraction. Retraction. <laughs> Well, so that actually makes a great deal more sense to me than most other kind of ideas of servant leadership. I mean, I I understand the concept that you see like on um, in, in leadership training materials and stuff where it's like, if you didn't work your way up through a company, you need to understand all the different levels and, you know, spend some time working as a cashier before you get to be a manager kind of stuff like that like I get that and I understand that and I also kind of think that there is you know look at presiding bishop-elect Michael Curry which is really long and I'm excited for when we don't have to say the elect part look at him (laughs) as an example of a very charismatic leader and 
and everybody's like, yes, this is exactly what the church needs. You know, this person who's very outgoing and, and energetic. And I'm not saying that Bishop Curry isn't a servant leader, but he's certainly putting himself out front. And, and I like that. So that's where I get, I get leadership in the church and leadership in, in real life all mixed up. Yeah. Michael Curry is a very charismatic figure. Jesus is a very charismatic figure. I'm very excited uh, about uh, presiding Bishop-elect Curry. Uh, but going back to Jesus for just a sec, you know, what does servant leadership look like with him? You know, this is him saying things like, I have called you friends. Even though he is the, the, the son of God, uh, he is addressing his disciples as friends. He gives his power away, mm-hmm. um, you know, saying what is what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And that giving away of power is an encouragement to his disciples to further give away their power uh, in order to empower others to help to realize the kingdom of God. And so I don't necessarily see a conflict between charisma and servant leadership. We'll, we'll, we'll see what kind of leader Bishop Curry is at um, you know the whole denominational level, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful. Yeah, me too. So here's, would you, would you like a random fun fact about St. James the Apostle? I would. I know you would because you told me about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, St. James is the patron saint of Spain and his symbol, I didn't know that saints had symbols. I really want one now, is the, <laughs> is the scallop shell. The reason that it is that shell is explained by the following legend. So after St. James was martyred, um, some of the people whom he had converted to Christianity from Spain traveled to Palestine to claim his remains. They found his body, but then they didn't know how to get it back to Spain because their ship had been stolen. So they're sitting on the shore praying and (laughs) a boat made of marble came floating to them. (laughs) Miraculous. (laughs) And of its own accord moved across the sea to Spain. (laughs) Uh, And one of the horses was alarmed at suddenly being afloat on a boat made of marble as you might imagine and jumped into the sea and was rescued and when it was rescued uh, numerous scallops had attached themselves to the horse's harness and this is the explanation why the scallop shell is used for St. James that is a very convoluted story Brendan Uh, yes and also a boat made of marble. <laughs> so if you want to read more of that story, check out the book Stars in a Dark World by Father John Julian of the Order of Julian of Norwich. Uh, we, we paraphrased uh, that story from there. Yeah, that, that is a, a wild story. I, I never would have guessed um, that <laughs> that is why St. James is the scallop shell. I, I would have thought it had something to do with, I don't know, baptism or yeah. something eating shellfish or something. <laughs> yeah. St. <laughs> James loved shellfish. Yeah. <laughs> he probably didn't. He was... Cause he <laughs> he was, was a Jew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything else to say about this collect? What do we think about it? Well done, the Reverend Dr. Charles M. Gilbert. Yes, you're, you're not quite hatchet level, but we're a big fan. Well, if you enjoy this show, please share it with a friend. 
or uh, write a review for us on iTunes. Even if you don't listen to us on iTunes, it'll really help people find our show. And you might want to check out other podcasts in the Via Media Collective, a network of podcasts with an Anglican sensibility. Find out more at viamediacollective.org or on Twitter at vmcollective. Speaking of Twitter. Yeah. God, I'm rusty at the Twitter challenge. I know. I know. Would you like to go first? You want me to go first? Sure. I'll go first. Uh, so I wrote a uh, St. James haiku. Aw. A boat of marble. Horse understands density. Freaks out, but James saves. Hashtag St. James. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> okay, here's mine. Always stand three feet away from Brendan, and also Herod, because he might kill you with a sword. Hashtag St. James. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay. Way to honor the martyrdom of St. James. I'm gonna gonna throw in a Holly's Heresy just to be safe. Holly's Heresy. That's fair. Yeah. That's really fair. Did this episode have both a retraction and a heresy? It did. (laughs) Wow. Simmons getting lots of play here. Yeah. Well, if you would like to tweet at us about our various heresies and retractions, you can find us on Twitter at the call at call, or you can email us if you're not a Twitterer at the call at call at axe8moment.org. Or you can find our collections of laminate flooring you don't want to buy. (laughs) (laughs) Because formaldehyde. (laughs) Because formaldehyde at Pinterest.com slash the call it call. Our parents organization is the Acts 8 Moment. Uh, You can find them on the web at acts8moment.org, on Facebook at facebook.com slash acts8moment, or on Twitter at acts8moment. Our music is Let on Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, which is distributed under a Creative Commons license, and you can find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. And join us next week when we will be talking about the Collect for the Holy Angels. Let our mortal flesh keep silence And with fear and trembling stand Ponder nothing earthly-minded For with blessing in his hand Christ our God to earth descended Our full homage to side note can you hear it raining because it is raining so hard that it's like deafening in my house uh i can hear it a little bit yeah have you been having a crazy rainy summer too yes i have not been able to mow my yard in like 11 days because it's rained every single day oh man and it looks like a jungle so hello (laughs) welcome from my jungle lair (laughs) yeah (laughs)